honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion, hosted on thesportstuff.com. And now, your host, Paladino Joey. Hello again, Timberwolves fans. Are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? I am your host, Peraldino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Timberwolves Explosion is available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Double Twist. A great pleasure to be back on board once again today. Ladies and gentlemen, the Minnesota Timberwolves had a 3-0 week. And most importantly, Mr. Tom Thibodeau. Yes, indeed, it's it's on, and of course you already know about that. And of course uh, there was the uh, <laughs> the special episode. Hope you listened to it already. When I basically released uh, an emergency episode, the Timberwolves fired Tom Thibodeau. Had a bit to say on that one about Ryan Saunders. Kind of excited about him, and now I'm more excited about him than I was at the time. I was just a little worried. He's a little too young. This and that. Right now, obviously, it's just one game. I understand that 100, percent but I. I'm really, really rooting for Ryan Saunders to win this job. There's a lot of indicators to me that say this could be a really nice fit. Yes, it reeks of the old country club. (laughs) The old country club situation with the Flip Saunders, Kevin McHale for the longest time when Glenn Taylor was super loyal to a team that couldn't get out of the first round and then was stayed loyal to Kevin McHale as long as he did for an extended period after Flip Saunders was let go by Kevin McHale and the, uh, the, the owner, Glenn Taylor, and then finally, the move happened. And then next thing you know, you bring Flip back after uh, you know you get rid of McHale and bring in David Kahn for four years of purgatory, or much worse than purgatory. <laughs> that was really something else. Um, four years of David Kahn, you bring Flip back, you're like, oh great, the country club again. But then no, I mean, Flip Saunders ended up being as good a president of basketball operations you will as you will ever see. Uh, just great media relations, which is not everything, but it is something. You've got to have good media relations, uh, great relationships with your players, great relationships with everybody around, and some damn good GMing, so to speak. Uh, president of Basketball Operations, Flip Saunders, was the best president of basketball operations slash vice president of basketball operations slash general manager the Minnesota Timberwolves ever had. Unfortunately, that was cut extremely short due to the uh, complications of the treatment of Hodgkin's lymphoma, the treatment, complications during the treatment, not necessarily the Hodgkin's lymphoma itself, but the treatment, so extremely unfortunate there, just still, I'm still sick about it, I'm not going to lie, it still hurts, when I say it, it still hurts when I think about it, I still remember exactly where I was when I got the news, I can still see the clouds in the sky that day, I can still see the look of the clouds, it was a very beautiful day, I can still see it, that's what kind of, you know, so that's how much that one impacted me, um, even though I have a good memory, that one made the memory really good, unfortunately, and for the wrong reason. Um, and then you get, uh, and then you find out uh, what Flip's vision was. Interestingly, though, while Flip was still coaching, still living, he was still the coach of the team. The vision, Flip Saunders' vision, Flip Saunders' plan. When instead of uh, getting Dave Yeager, he ended up getting uh, brought back by uh, the Memphis Grizzlies, so the Timberwolves could not hire him. Flip Saunders was interested in hiring Dave Yeager. It wasn't just a smokescreen. Flip Saunders had a plan to coach the team for the next four years and then hand over the reins to one Ryan Saunders. Question for anybody out there. How many years has it been since uh, Flip Saunders started coaching the Timberwolves when he had that one year? This would be year number four. That was year number one. Who's the coach of the Timberwolves right now? Ryan Saunders. Flip's vision has returned. Flip's vision has been realized. How who'd have thunk it? After all the hell that this fan base went through with Tom Thibodeau the last two and a half years, the fan base, the, the media relations, and of course the <laughs> Jim Peterson of all people was alienated from Tom Thibodeau. Very fascinating interview with him on uh, the Raised by Wolves podcast. I recommend it. Uh, recommend you listening to that interview Jim Pete on Thibs. That's what the title of that episode is. Stick with Timberwolves Explosion. Yeah, you can listen to that, but don't you dare leave this show. You can listen to it. Go ahead and don't don't quit on me now. But if you're interested, I was even going to cut a clip out of it, but then it's like, mm, maybe I shouldn't, that type of thing. But uh, man, 
pretty cool. He cut open a vein, basically how Flip, uh, Flip, how uh, Tom Thibodeau alienated him, how Tom Thibodeau alienated a lot of people along the way. Conversations uh, also outside of what Jim Pete said. Uh, basically, he would just lock the doors. He did all, you know, I remember how he locked the doors in Chicago from the general managers and all that, that uh, Gar Hurd, I believe was their name, and uh, uh, Mr. Uh, John Paxson, of course, the general manager of the Chicago Bulls. He was alienating everybody. He was just sticking to himself, wanted nothing to do with anybody, wanted no advice from anybody, keeping him, keeping everybody out there, and he was playing his starters too much in Chicago. What happened in Minnesota? Absolutely the exact same thing. How much did Tom Thibodeau learn during that uh, process where he was let go by Chicago and completely trashed by the Chicago Bulls time and time again on their website and in news articles and this and that? How much did Tom Thibodeau grow? Absolutely bleeping nothing. And how <laughs> how accurate was the, were those Bulls stories? How, how, how accurate were they? Were they exaggerated? It turns out they weren't. Because basically everything you're hearing from people locally, and of course Jim Peterson, is exactly the same. He learned absolutely nothing. He changed absolutely nothing. He kept, kept people in the dark. He left people out. He wanted no advice. This is a, the plan. This is my way or the highway. And I still remember when he was introduced as the president of basketball, and he said, it's not about power or anything like that. Well, it turned out it kind of was. And well, <laughs> he still got fired in just two and a half years, despite a massive contract. That's how bad it was. Tom Thibodeau will probably never be a head coach in the NBA again. God bless him, but that's just how it is. Um, that's just how it goes sometimes. And it ended up not being a fit in any way, shape, or form. I know in Minnesota, sometimes we're country clubbish here. Like, you like who you like, and then no one else can come in. And I kind of hate that a little bit, but that's how it goes. <laughs> we're, uh, otherwise, it's a nice place to live most of the time. Uh, I like winter. I love it. Some people don't. Other people like the humidity in the summer. I don't like the humidity. So now I'm going way off track. A very uh, interesting, fascinating turn of events. Interesting, of course, stories that were coming out. Obviously, the players were playing too much. And, of course, the crazy, flamboyant, out-of-control cursing and screaming and yelling through game after game after game, including the Clipper game last year when Tom Thibodeau, or when uh, Carl Anthony Towns basically did a Brett Favre across the body that was intercepted for an easy basket when the Wolves had a small lead over the Clippers in Los Angeles. California, Tom Thibodeau slammed his fist on the table or the you know, the press area, slammed it really hard, started dropping everything in the book. He threw his arms up in the air. What the F are you doing, JC? And then he folded his arms. I don't know if he was muttering to himself and thinking and hoping nobody saw it, nobody could hear it. And it was plain as day as the camera zoomed in right as he was saying it, as they were just saying, up oh, Tom Thibodeau's fist, basically. Stupid. Mother effer. And he said the whole, obviously, his face was shaking with anger. So it just kind of shows you how he felt about everybody. I don't know. It's just how it is. So I know it's a competitive moment. You're in the heat of the moment, this and that. But yeah, I don't know. That's probably not a good idea. I, I don't know. So this show is going to be a bit different than the typical Timberwolves Explosion shows. I, it might be a hair longer. I'm not sure. As, of course, I'm going more into background information than just game reviews here and there. Of course, I'm going to look at the games, but it's probably going to be fairly brief for the most part, except for the OKC game. The Orlando game was a nice win, 120-103. to Apparently, uh, Gorgie Jang was seething with his lack of minutes in that game afterward, and that uh, Derrick Rose had to, uh, had to settle him down. But uh, generally speaking, it's fascinating to see that Flip's vision has been revised, has been revisited, it's been refurbished. Two and a half years, and remember how sad we were, how Tom Thibodeau was just taking uh, Flip Saunders' vision and completely destroying it. Well, he did some serious damage to it, obviously. Zach Levine's gone. Now, Zach Levine is not a perfect player. His defense is not real good. His shot selection is kind of obnoxious, but he's a hell of an offensive player. And I know Hank McCoy slash <laughs> Wayne Hunt, and of course a lot of people in Minnesota, even more so than Wayne Hunt, absolutely love the kid. And God bless him. I'd love to have him back. But uh, hopefully, maybe, just maybe, we did keep the right guy. Hopefully. <laughs> so far, most people would say, are you crazy? You're absolutely nuts. We did not keep the right guy. We let the wrong guy go. Um, so <laughs> that's basically what what you're getting out of most people when it comes to Zach Levine regarding uh, that trade, obviously, for Jimmy Butler. Bottom line, the Jimmy Butler trade was a disaster. Uh, at the end of the day, Jimmy Butler was the biggest jackass ever. He's already making a jackass of himself in Philadelphia. We'll talk about that in segment number three, as I saved that for this episode. It was already there, of course, in the uh, emergency episode a few days ago. But, of course, saved it for this show because this is a 
Timberwolves explosion episode. That was a mini-sode, so to speak. Very fun win for Minnesota, but it was scary because Orlando was kicking our butts in Target Center on the 4th of January. Minnesota ends up winning by 17, go figure, after giving up 40 bleeping points to Orlando, and Orlando had built an even bigger lead in the second quarter, and then all of a sudden, the tides turned dramatically midway through that second quarter. The Wolves end up actually winning it, and then the third quarter, again, remember how in the past we used to say bleep the third quarter? Well, woohoo the third quarter, or whatever word you want to say. Praise the third quarter. I love the third quarter. As the Wolves are unbelievably awesome in the third quarter nowadays. And it's really cool. Regardless if it's Thibodeau or Ryan Saunders. 32-year-old Ryan Saunders, who I think has the tools to be a head coach in this league for a long time. And I hope that's the case. Uh, Minnesota won that third quarter 31-17. They built a massive lead over Orlando and just hung on to it in that fourth quarter, keeping Orlando to just the teens in both the third and fourth quarter. 17 points in the third 18 in the fourth. Minnesota giving up 40 points in the first, and they don't give up 40 points in the second half. First period. Second, they don't give up 40 points in the second half. Pretty unbelievable. Only 35 uh, clamping down, and of course, just taking control of the game. And Orlando being exposed for what they are. Just not a very good team. And thank God for that. Minnesota took advantage there. Carl Anthony Towns would continue his stellar play. And that was a wonderful feeling. Andrew Wiggins wound up with 16 points. Carl with 29 on 20 shots, 15 rebounds. He's been blocking shots, but only one in this particular game. And foul trouble has been plaguing Carl of late a bit. But at least you saw the bench play significantly in this game, except for Gorgie Zhang, only 16 minutes where other players got significant playing time, including Anthony Tolliver, about 30 minutes in the game. A big reason probably for uh, Gorgie Zhang's frustration. He was playing very well in the game. He... <laughs> Only attempted one shot and made it. He had 11 rebounds. He's like, why the hell am I not out there? I could have had a double-double blindfolded, but it just didn't happen that way. And a very big frustration for Mr. Gorgie Zhang. Jeff Teague returned, of course, extremely efficient throughout the game. Made all three of his three-point shots, 23 points, 10 assists. Only missed two shots. You talk about efficient. 10 attempts of the, at the field goal, 10, 10 field goal attempts, 23 points. But he only made half his free throws, which was kind of annoying as he struggled early a little bit. But that overall uh, momentum, the overall uh, rhythm that uh, Jeff Teague had in the game was very solid. Uh, he's When he's out at the, free, at the three-point line with those catch-and-shoot threes, Jeff Teague has a little bit of Chauncey Billups in him. He doesn't explode to the basket like Chauncey Billups could at times, but uh, he's got a little bit of that Chauncey in him where it's that nice, smooth release on those catch-and-shoot threes. I love when Jeff Teague shoots threes. I love it. Uh, I think he's very good. <laughs> I think he I, I think he has a very pretty shot when he when he wants to. And on this particular night he did. Beautiful win for Minnesota. So let's move on quickly here. The second last game of Tom Thibodeau's coaching career in the NBA, I believe, as a head coach. The very last game, a twenty two point victory over the Lakers where Tom Thibodeau's best friend Jim Peterson right out of the get go, and Jim Peterson's even bigger best friend Tom Thibodeau. <laughs> said that, uh, well, first and foremost, the first thing you got to do with the Lakers is punch them in the mouth early and go from there. Well, the Wolves punched the Lakers in the mouth and never really relinquished the lead at all. The Lakers actually won the third quarter, so the Wolves actually lost the third quarter, but only by four points, and the Wolves had been dominating the entire game. Solid second quarter, but overall that 35-19 says it all in the first quarter. The Wolves just hung on. It was a pretty relaxed, fun Sunday evening game as we were watching the Chicago Bears uh, you know, just not build a lead over those hated, evil Philadelphia Eagles, especially their fan base, and the job just was not done at the end of the day. Next thing you know, as obviously the Wolves were coasting and roaring to victory in this game, no Rondo, no LeBron, we get it, no Kyle Kuzma either, so some pretty big losses, and the Wolves just kind of rolled all over this club. It's kind of like the Lakers a couple of years ago when there was just nothing going on. Wiggins, very solid in the points department. He had a very strong start to the game and then just down, down, down. And that's kind of what happens with Wiggins a lot. He has those good early quarters, and then he gets ice cold and starts missing like crazy. Uh, he attempted 23 shots in the game, one up with 28 points, which is okay. An overall fun game, though. Carl, extremely efficient, almost a 30-20, wound up a 28-18 with four blocks in the game. Another just incredible game as Carl's becoming a top-10 player in the league of late. Uh, Josh Okogie with yet another start, of course. No Derrick Rose as he's continued to be out. Uh, Jeff Teague getting the double-digit assists again. Didn't shoot nearly as well as he did in Orlando, but still solid from the three-point line. Did shoot 50% from there. Wiggins just too many. 
3 of 10 from downtown. What's up with that? Just nothing was going in for Andrew for the most part, yet he still wound up with 28. So one of those games where you attempt a bajillion shots and, uh, well, you finally wind up with a decent amount of points. Michael Beasley and Carl Anthony Towns got in it a bit. I'm not a fan of Michael Beasley's. I think a lot of you know that. I just, I don't know. He bugs me. And he bugged me when he was here. Uh, just, uh, he's one of those guys, obviously, he could have been a superstar in this league, but he just isn't. And I, I personally, I don't understand why so many people like him so much. I don't, I don't get it. He just, he's just an underachiever. And I'm not a fan of guys like that. I'm not. And there's too many of them out there. They're just not interested in anything. They're just, ah, just let, let it go, Joey. Let it go. <laughs> a nice, easy, solid win. Tom Thibodeau was in one of those great moods. He was having fun. He was chuckling with reporters. And then, next thing you know, thanks to a wonderful article by John Krasinski providing the details, Johnny Krasinski on The Athletic. Highly recommend you to subscribe to that. Johnny Athletic, as they call him here locally. But John Krasinski, very popular guy in town, uh, wrote the details that basically... As Tom Thibodeau went into his office, you saw <laughs> Scott Layden and the CEO of the Timberwolves, Ethan Casson, of course, as a lot of you may know about him. He got on board in 2016, Ethan Casson. Apparently, Ethan Casson had not been a big fan of Tom Thibodeau's from the get-go. He started actually just after Tom Thibodeau, but the same year, of course, July 11th at the time when he took over. Tom Thibodeau hired on April 20th, uh, right around the day that... Uh, Prince died, so very sad situation there, right around that time anyway. Um, and, well, yeah, apparently there they were waiting, 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 and about 20 minutes later, they go into the office, and they fire Tom Thibodeau. You're fired. And there it is, uh, Tom Thibodeau let go as head coach and president of basketball operations. Some of us might have been wondering, is it just because Glenn Taylor wants to separate the uh, coach and, and uh, front office type of thing? The separation of coach and front office, which I highly support. There was only one guy who could do it, and that guy, his name was Flip Saunders, because he didn't let things get in the way. He didn't let his ego get in the way, and he was just a wonderful representative for the Minnesota Timberwolves to everybody. To everybody. To the media, to the fans, to kids, to the players, to other teams in the league, the other general managers, other owners, and players elsewhere throughout the NBA. Flip Saunders was the best you could ever have in that position. The best part was, again, he wasn't planning on being the coach, the coach, the coach, the coach, the coach. In fact, he came in as the, the president of basketball operations, and then he saw an opportunity to uh, nurture his son to become an NBA head coach, and that opportunity now just might be fulfilled. Unfortunately, Flip Saunders was, able, was unable to be there as the guiding force, but luckily, Tom Thibodeau was willing to work with him, and apparently the two had a pretty good relationship, which is nice. Again, Tom Thibodeau wasn't going to take a whole lot of advice from a whole lot of people, especially somebody about 30 years his junior, so there was that. But apparently this young man has learned so much from his father over the years, and it's pretty cool and pretty fitting that the very first play of the game in the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder game, which would be his NBA debut as interim head coach, which maybe a temporary thing rather than <laughs> he may be a full head coach soon on the 8th of January, Tuesday, the 8th of January. The very first play was a Flip Saunders play, and they call it 5-2-2. It was a famous Kevin Garnett play where he would go up the baseline. Uh, this was nice. Ultimately, the play did not work out. Uh, the play was to Carl Anthony Towns, who was like the new Garnett, so to speak. The play didn't work out, but then it did work out because, well, if, the, if there's no shot to be had for the player on that play, you're supposed to, you know, you, you, you got to improvise. I mean, that's part of the league. Andrew Wiggins was able to catch and shoot the ball in a stride from downtown and put the Wolves up 3 nothing, And that was an indicator of what was to come. Pretty cool Wikipedia about the Oklahoma City Thunder right now, who their owner is. It says ownership Andrew Wiggins. And uh, Andrew Wiggins has owned this team. Uh, remember, he had a game-winning shot late in the, uh, well, at the buzzer last year due to uh, <laughs> Jimmy Butler's chagrin, I'm sure. But uh, he enjoyed it for the moment. Andrew Wiggins' game-winning shot had a huge game earlier this year, not that long ago, against the Thunder, and another 40-point effort against the Oklahoma City Thunder in this game. So very, very awesome. A very awesome debut for Mr. Ryan Saunders, but of course a great performance by Andrew Wiggins. Now something I need to get to before I step away that is extremely important, before I step away from this segment and before I kind of get into other topics and such, very important, Andrew Wiggins. There has been something different about this guy. 
Did you notice something interesting in the Los Angeles Lakers game? Those of you locally in town and those of you not locally, well, I'm going to pass this information on to you right now. There's always a halftime interview with the Timberwolves. It's you know generally a player going into halftime. It's one of the players who's been playing well or just for whatever reason. It's somebody, right? Whoever. It's Jeff Teague. It's Carl. It's Dario Saric. Or... And then again, at the beginning of the third quarter, they bring in one of the assistants, who has often been Ryan Saunders, has, uh, has been uh, Mr. Greer, who also was let go, unfortunately for him. Uh, one of the top assistants for Tom Thibodeau. At the same time, they're also let go with Tom. But um, Andrew Wiggins was the one interviewed. And generally speaking, about 99% of the time, Andrew Wiggins gives sentences that include maybe two or three words, maybe five words at best. And that's it. And it's always just two questions because, well, that's a famous thing when you interview a coach or a player going into the half, coming out of the half, quarter, this and that. It's two questions. Well, Andrew Wiggins was way more wordy. And Marnie Gellner was like shell-shocked. She didn't expect it because she started interrupting him accidentally. She's like, okay, wow, he's actually talking this time. When she started jumping into the next question before he was done talking. And it's like, because they're so used to Andrew just saying, yep, we just got to go out there and... uh, Come out better in the second half. And that's that's basically all Andrew gives you. It's like nothing. Absolutely nothing. And, and that's all it was. But this time, you're feeling a little bit more interest in the conversation. A little bit more passion. And this was before Tom Thibodeau was fired. And it's like, well, that's interesting. And then Marnie Gilner, after that little thing, she's like, wow, I'm not used to Andrew giving such long sentences. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Marnie Gilner, of course, sideline side line reporter for Fox Sports North. Um, that was cool. And I was just like, huh. And you see this different expression on his face where he looks more serious. He looks harder than he used to be, including a very, very interesting uh, stare down with him and a guy by the name of <laughs> Dennis Schroeder, who had a uh, back and forth with uh, Jeff Teague, which ultimately ended up him, uh, Jeff Teague, getting ejected from the game. Dennis Schroeder basically put his shoulder into Jeff Teague at the stoppage of play. Jeff Teague kind of pushed him off and then really pushed him afterwards. There has been an ongoing feud between these two guys. They both played with the Atlanta Hawks a couple years ago. Dennis Schroeder ultimately unseating Jeff Teague, and Teague was uh, traded over to the Indiana Pacers, who ultimately signed with the Timberwolves the next season. So there's been a little bit of animosity between these two guys for a little while. Very interesting, though, as Dennis Schroeder started kind of mouthing off and all that and staring down, and then Andrew Wiggins gave him a very deep, dark stare. Like, yeah, oh, oh yeah, basically. <laughs> if you want it, you got it. You know, I'm coming for you, basically. It was pretty interesting. There's something going on with Andrew Wiggins. He's, he's, he's different, and it's pretty cool. You're seeing more interesting conversation from him. You know, I mean, Andrew Wiggins never shows emotion when he talks. And when he was talked to during the gathering on Wednesday. Excuse me, I'm getting all mixed up. It was Monday, the day after Tom Thibodeau was fired, Monday the 7th. It was really something else. Uh, Andrew Wiggins right away was just, oh, I trust him. I mean, I I trust him. I know him very well. And you just saw way more emotion, way more interest out of Andrew Wiggins in his conversation in the past. Uh, you you basically never got anything out of the guy, regardless who the coach was. It was at Flip Saunders, Sam Mitchell, and ultimately Tom Thibodeau with the Andrew Wiggins, already his fourth coach. That's pretty crazy. Um, a very fascinating, very, very fascinating change from Andrew Wiggins, and, and it's becoming more and more visible. I don't know. I hope it's for real. I, I do. I, I hope it is, because he's been so lifeless for so long, and people hate it. But then there's always been the silent assassin within him. And I always knew it was there. Those great comebacks he would lead against Philadelphia, against the Clippers, against the Hawks on the road. Road games and, of course, those amazing games against Cleveland. Him versus LeBron, mano a mano. Some awesome 30-plus point games with him. 40-point games against the Nets, against the Hawks. 38-point games. Huge, huge comebacks. Massive, massive uh, assassin-like play from Andrew Wiggins in the fourth quarter in several games in the past. And then the other very, very fascinating thing, when you're hearing, again, Andrew Wiggins actually giving you a conversation, an intelligent conversation, which he's capable of. I'm not saying he's not intelligent. I'm saying he didn't give it to you. He just kind of would give you a short little thing, and that's it. And that's all there is to, to talk about. Sorry. He was a, uh, he was a uh, Greg Popovich at best, basically, 
when it came to conversation. They basically said, what changed with uh, the departure of Jimmy Butler? Well, he said, well, during the Jimmy era, I was basically forced to just kind of stay in the corner and just kind of watch, basically hope for the ball. I couldn't really be aggressive. I didn't really have a chance to be aggressive. I just kind of have to hope for the ball once in a while for a catch-and-shoot type of play, and that was it. Like, Andrew Wiggins had to play kind of a role rather than be one of the stars out there, and that did hinder him in a big way, and I had a feeling Jimmy Butler's presence was going to hinder Andrew Wiggins, and that was one of my first (laughs) things coming in. I thought it would hinder him in a big way, and apparently it really did, as Andrew Wiggins was just a role player with Jimmy Butler. He was just a guy who would score in the mid to upper teens on a on a daily basis, and he wasn't really given an opportunity to be aggressive. And when he was, he wasn't aggressive. It was just little, weak, long two-pointer fadeaways that just weren't effective. And then occasionally he'd get a catch-and-shoot shot, but his confidence just wasn't really all there. And it's not like Jimmy Butler was all that encouraging of a guy for Andrew Wiggins during this time. So... Very, very interesting, very fascinating situation. Now, Andrew, basically, his role was diminished majorly when Jimmy Butler was a part of this team. He had to just basically go out to the corner and be reduced to that type of a role. But now, he's able to be aggressive again, and you're seeing a very different person from Andrew Wiggins with the departure of Jimmy Butler. So, I'm extremely encouraged, and I hope it continues. I really do. To the Oklahoma City game, as we were, kind of continuing off of it, an amazing performance for Andrew Wiggins at the end of the day. Gorgie Zhang had limited, I mean, he, he played a significant more minutes, about 22 and a half, but just did not have a good game, could not make his shots, only wound up with two points. Uh, Dario Saric had a tough moment here and there, and he missed the shot and all that. He was struggling a bit out there with his, with his field goal percentage, this and that. And then uh, Ryan Saunders was taking him out of the game and took him aside and said, don't worry, I'm going to put you back in there and you're going to hit a big three. And that's exactly what Dario Saric did. He hit the big three, and it really helped the Wolves down the stretch. Uh, Josh Okoge struggled, 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 but Ryan Saunders stuck with him. In fact, Josh Okoge, second on the team in minutes, only behind Andrew Wiggins, who, of course, was spectacular throughout the night. 16 of 18 from the free throw line. This is a guy who couldn't make half of his shots against Atlanta just a, just about a week, week and a half ago. Ridiculous, right? Carl Anthony Towns got into massive foul trouble. There was some cursing a little bit. Carl Anthony Towns losing his mind a little bit, getting frustrated with the calls. Wound up with only about 24 and a half minutes. Still got 20 points, though. Still very, very efficient when he was out there. Nearly fouled out. Wound up with five fouls. Andrew Wiggins wound up with five fouls as well. It was an aggressive, kind of a... It's becoming more of a rivalry between this team, even though a lot of people would say, yeah, you're not rivals. You're nowhere near their level. How can you be their rival? But, well, there is... No love lost between these teams. Let's put it that way. Maybe it's not a major rivalry, but it's becoming something. It's becoming at least a division rivalry. You know, okay, Green Bay is way better than the Vikings, but they're still rivals. You know, that type of thing in the past, which they were not the last few years here, Green Bay. Um, but uh, Ryan Saunders stuck with Josh Okoge, stuck with Josh Okoge, and he ended up hitting the game-winning shot at the end of the day. He hit the big three that put the Wolves ahead. And, whew, Russell Westbrook hit a three that, Scared the crap out of us, put the uh, thunder ahead, and pissed me off. Wiggins then hit the big three right after that. That was awesome. A bit of a back and forth. Westbrook had multiple opportunities to win the game, and luckily neither one of them went in. Paul George unable to tie it up with the catch and lay in at the end. He just did not have the right motion on the ball, did not time the rebound properly. Thankfully, Paul George has been an MVP candidate all season. He's been the leading scorer for the Oklahoma City Thunder, and I like what Westbrook has been doing. At the end of the day, he's been concentrating more and more on giving up the ball rather than just forcing shots, though, even though, of course, you you want him to take a ton of shots, but not as many as Paul George if you can help it at the end of the day, because Russell Westbrook is still the floor general, and he had 16 assists in the game despite a ton of turnovers, obviously good, solid, smart defense by the Wolves, and of course, some aggressive defense as well. Jeff Tate with four steals in the game despite only 25 and a half minutes and getting ejected uh, again with his uh, back and forth with Dennis Schroeder. Big uh, fun game from Anthony Tolliver. A couple threes made as well. Tyus Jones, I think, has a wonderful future with this club with Ryan Saunders as the head coach. Very impressive performance. Very impressive debut. Loved the emotion as that was posted on the Timberwolves Facebook page by Wayne Hunt. And thank you, Wayne Hunt. We'll talk about that in segment number three. Very cool. Love you, Wayne Hunt. Thank you so much from the Courtside Podcast endorsed by this show. Ah, wow. Isn't this fun? Isn't this fun? Isn't it amazing to see that just maybe, maybe, just maybe, Flip's vision has been revised, revisited. It's back. 
Flip's vision is back. It's returned. And to think that it's also not only been revised returning, but it's being realized right before our eyes. Flip wanted to coach the Timberwolves for four years. Flip wanted to coach the Timberwolves for four years. That would have been his first year. And, well, guess what? It's been four years since his first year as the head coach of the Timberwolves. 2014-15. It is now 18-19. So, I'm telling you, (laughs) Ryan Saunders is the head coach of the Timberwolves right now. And I am rooting for him to win this job. I'm absolutely rooting for him to win this job. Uh, I think he's got a wonderful future in this league. I've constantly been saying... Get, the, get some younger blood as a head coach. Somebody in the upper 30s, low 40s. So the guy's in his early 30s. But I think Richard Bertino was an interesting hire by the Gophers years ago as well. 30, 31 years old for the Minnesota Gophers. Now it's easier to imagine uh, a guy this young being your head coach at the college level and your dad is Hall of Fame level, Rick Bertino. I'm not sure Flip Saunders is a Hall of Fame coach. I, I don't think so. He could have easily been a Hall of Fame coach and GM though. Coach and president of basketball, Yes. You know, Hall of Fame in that sense. Just a general NBA Hall of Famer for the coaching and the president of basketball, considering what could have been if the guy, unfortunately, didn't pass away so young at the age of 60. Um, But Ryan Saunders has the personality that this team is dying for. The team has rallied around the young man. And yes, there is potential for a sugar high. Absolutely. And that's part of what's going on. But also, again, Andrew Wiggins has played very well against Oklahoma. So, okay, he, he played well against Oklahoma with uh, Tom Thibodeau as coach, so you can say that again. But I don't think you can totally debunk the complete change of energy, complete change of atmosphere for the Minnesota Timberwolves with Ryan Saunders as head coach. And I think the young man is willing and ready to learn. They continue to talk about how his work ethic is insane. It's insane. He's not just a little silver spoon, just, oh, well, it's my job now. Ha ha. Get out of my way. I'm the coach now. Ha ha. You know, uh, <laughs> it's not like that at all. And you you notice the same with Richard Patino. He's had some nice success with the Gophers. It was not his fault that like five people had like season-ending injuries last year, and then another guy got kicked out of the kick out of the team because of uh, domestic issues and all that. So, um, Mr. Reggie Lynch, that was frustrating. So you know, it's not that's not Mr. Uh, Richard Patino's fault. I think he's a hell of a coach for the Gophers. The son of a great coach, starting very early. Because here's the thing. I mean, it's in the blood. And it's also, again, well, he was nurtured. He was there. Ryan Saunders has been an assistant coach for 10 years already at the age of 32. That's a lot of experience with the Washington Wizards, with the Timberwolves, obviously, um, now for the last five. So pretty freaking cool to imagine now. Ryan Saunders being a part of uh, this, being a part of an assist uh, of NBA teams as long as he has. That's a nice advantage to have. I wish. I wish so much. <laughs> I'm jealous in a way, but not in a bad way. Not in a silver spoon, spoiled brat kind of way. I don't look at him that way at all. I think it's just a wonderful advantage that you have. Heck, I could have done that with the. Uh, <laughs> I could have done that with my dad's business, but I'm not into hairdressing, so that's just how it is. Some people aren't. Some people aren't. Um, but uh, to see his son possibly be the head coach of this team for many, many years, and the team to rally around him and love him the way they already did pretty awesome moment for Minnesota. The Lone Wolf Award for the Minnesota Timberwolves at this moment. Oh boy. Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns and Ryan Saunders. (laughs) Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns and Ryan Saunders. The Johnny Flynn Memorial for the Minnesota Timberwolves upon (laughs) revelation of what truly was going on. And we knew it was going on. There were rumors about Jim Pete being cut off. And they basically told him that uh, don't talk to him. He wanted none of his coaches, Tom Thibodeau, to talk to Jim Peterson about anything ever, which is messed up. That's absolutely crazy. So they didn't even want him to speak to him. Like, absolutely nothing to do with Jim Peterson, which is weird. That's weird. Jim Peterson could easily be an assistant coach in the NBA today. Easily. And who knows, maybe Ryan will hire him. It's possible. It's very possible. There's an opening or two for assistant coaches for the Timberwolves. It's not going to be uh, Lindsey Whalen. She's she's busy. She's got a she's she's the quote unquote coach and general manager of Gopher women's basketball. Because when you're a college coach, you're the GM too, basically. Well, duh, president of basketball operations, right? So it's not going to be her. But we'll see what happens. Uh, maybe Jim Pete gets a job. But uh, I would sure miss him as an analyst. I think he's unbelievable. I love Jim Peterson. I love Jim Peterson. I know a lot of you do as well. Um, the Johnny Flynn Memorial is Tom Thibodeau. 
Tom Thibodeau and Tom Thibodeau for so many reasons, for what he did, for how he alienated players and all that. Thank you, Glenn Taylor, for not letting this take any longer. Uh, it should have been done back in the beginning of the year, I think, but he wanted to let it play out. He wanted to see how it would happen. I mean, that's it's mostly because Glenn Taylor's a nice guy, I think. He wanted to give Tom Thibodeau the benefit of the doubt, at least give him a chance, and because he's paying him an immense amount of money, you're going to have to bite the bullet one way or another. If it's the wrong hire, you're still paying him a trillion bucks. You hire him, you fire him, you're still paying him a trillion bucks. Uh, but maybe, just maybe, had the right guy all along on the sidelines, learning, learning and learning until he was ready to go. Maybe slightly prematurely here, but I think I think he can learn on the fly, and I think he's got a wonderful future, Ryan Saunders. So I feel very good about it. The other talk about the possible president of basketball operations that could be brought in could be Chauncey Billups. The hope is that Chauncey Billups is as impressed with Ryan Saunders as other people might be, that he will be willing to... Uh, keep him on board as the head coach rather than bringing someone else, but we'll, we'll see what happens. It's all going to be a matter of time to see how things change or don't change here and there in the future. Who's going to be the new president of basketball operations? It's going to be fascinating. It's going to be amazing. Maybe it will be Scott Layden. Uh, Scott is a very strange guy. I think he's an intelligent basketball mind. If he was the one who, if he was the main cog that uh, drafted Josh Okoge, you, you did a hell of a job, I think. Uh, they targeted Laurie Markkinen before the Jimmy Butler trade. That was the guy, if the Butler trade didn't happen, that's a hell of a draft pick. Some people are calling him a multi-time all-star in the future. Uh, Chris Dunn's a good player, too. Not a great player, but a good player. The Rubio trade, well, I eh, it wasn't the best trade ever. But was it the worst thing that ever happened to the Timberwolves? No. With that said... I am going to finally end the first segment. It was a fun joy. I've been waiting so long. I hope I did it justice. I'm still not feeling my best, which doesn't help at all. I mean, I'd have so much more energy if I was feeling better, but it is what it is. I'm doing my best. At least you can hear me. At least I don't sound too icky and too weird at the end of the day. At least I'm not coughing my <laughs> at least I'm not coughing my head off like I had been the last couple of days. So with that said, uh Amazing feeling, amazing feeling without a doubt to have this uh, new vibe, the new vibe and the possibility of Flip's vision being realized after all. We want Ryan, we want Ryan, we want Ryan. And we are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, segment number two. Time to preview a few games, which is always good times. The Minnesota Timberwolves play the Dallas Mavericks Friday, today. Looking forward to this one big time, obviously, because, I mean, there's a lot of fun surrounding this team right now. Unfortunately, a back-to-back with New Orleans, but both at home. So hopefully Minnesota can have a little better fortune against New Orleans this time around. We've struggled against them this year. Remember, two years ago, we struggled mightily against them. And then we played awesome against them last year with Anthony Davis, regardless. And now this year, struggling again. And then on Tuesday, it's the reunion with the Jackass. We'll talk about him in segment number three and segment number two briefly. Dallas Mavericks playing a bit better than a lot of people expected this year. Hovering around 500, slightly behind the Minnesota Timberwolves at the moment. We're also going to hear from Marcus the Forecaster via text in segment number three. That will lead off the show with that. Hey, it's better than nothing. I love hearing from the guy. So <laughs> nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Dallas Mavericks, of course, fearing the deer is still leading the uh, Western Conference. Dallas Mavericks actually nine points ahead of Phoenix for the second last spot in the West, but they're only one game behind Minnesota pretty much, or one and a half, I would say. Memphis has dropped off significantly after a nice start, but the Denver Nuggets still very golden leading the way in the West. Dallas Mavericks, though, a team that you got to beat if you want to be ahead of them, I guess you'll say, in the playoff chase. DeAndre Jordan has been a thorn in the side of Minnesota forever. This is not always a good matchup, especially now with DeAndre Jordan there. So definitely helps them. And Luka Doncic has been a fantastic uh, addition to the Dallas Mavericks via the draft. Remember the whole Trey Young draft pick and, of course, the switcheroo for Doncic with Atlanta. Dennis Smith Jr. was an exciting pick last year. He's missed significant time this year, 12 games. Not having the greatest year ever, but hopefully he'll continue to come around. He has his moments here and there. He'll st- He'll get some steals. 
These assist numbers are not where you want your starting point guard to be. Just above four. Uh, Doncic is or just below four, pardon me. Doncic just above five assists a game, leading the way at the moment. J.J. Barea, the ever little spark plug, will drive you absolutely crazy. Uh, not the best field goal percentage, not the best this, not the best that. Uh, DeAndre Jordan, one of the top field goal percentage guys because he plays right next to the basket. Double-double threat every single night. His block numbers way down this year compared to the past. Only averaging about one a game. But we'll see what happens with him versus Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, Dirk Nowitzki's only been in 11 games after a very late start to the season. Averaging just above, just around four points a game. It's... Man, it's weird to see Dirk Nowitzki reduced to this, but uh, okay, is this is this it now? Unfortunately, I think it should be. Uh, Jalen Brunson, the son of Rick Brunson, former NBA player, and of course national champion Jalen Brunson, with much to my uh, absolute joy last year watching Villanova win again. I love Villanova very much. Love Villanova very much. Uh, Jalen Brunson leading that team to victory. Back a point guard for the Dallas Mavericks. I think he's got a future in the league. Not as a starter, but as a nice, solid backup. Doncic, of course, leading the club in scoring. He's the future star. He's the next Dirk. He's the next this. He's the next that. Harrison Barnes has been scorching from downtown about 41%. Doncic about 37.5%. Wes Matthews about 40%. Also, Dennis Smith Jr., uh, 37 and a half as well. So this team can hit threes. They're not dangerous. They're not scorching from downtown, but they can hit them. They're 20th in the league. They've been obviously much better in the past in that category. A home game, a winnable game. The sugar high is going to continue. Minnesota is going to win this basketball game over the Dallas Mavericks. I think there's no excuse. Bottom line, Minnesota needs to win this game. Carl Anthony Towns expect a solid performance against the Mavericks. There's always a frustration, always a bit of, oh gosh, a bit of jackassiness between him and uh, freaking, uh, I hate DeAndre Jordan. I, I hate that guy. But, well, it is what it is. Uh, it's been an interesting matchup over the course of the last few years. We've won games here. We've lost games on the road. It's just, you know, we've had a back and forth of them over the past few years. Again, Dallas Mavericks are two out of their last five. They've won two out of their last five, unfortunately, when you compare those two situations. I thought there was a list here, but nope, there isn't. That's okay, though. Mavericks, again, they've only won two out of their last five bookending wins with Charlotte. They crushed Charlotte on the road by, jeez, 28 points. Holy crap. Wow. Uh, lose to Boston, of course. No surprise there. By 21 points on the road, 114.93. Lose to Philadelphia by six on the road, 106.100. They lose to the Lakers, 107.97 at home. Ouch. Ouch, without LeBron and stuff. Beat the Phoenix Suns 104-94 by 10 on January the 9th, and then they will visit Minnesota. I think Minnesota should, could and should win this game. Dallas is not playing as well lately. They started the season pretty strong. It's going to be fun to watch Luka Doncic. We all like him. We all like his future, but he's you know he's just a rookie. He's got a long way to go. He's got a chance to make the All-Star team. Uh, Derek Rose still has a chance to make the All-Star team, right next to my favorite player ever with Steph Curry. And yes, those of you on Flip's Army that are like, well, you think he doesn't deserve to be there? Yes, he deserves to be at the All-Star game. I just don't like him. Is that okay? Are there great players in the NBA that you don't like? Is it okay to dislike a star player? Is it okay, please? I mean, for crying out loud, you know? I'm getting so tired of people. like They defend these players like they're gods, you know? Let it go, okay? I, I can dislike somebody. Next, uh, Houston Texans. No, I'm just kidding. I'm impressed by the Houston Rockets. They're they're almost in first place in their southeast southwest division. Pardon me. Pretty cool. Dallas riding the pine in the division. And I think the Wolves need to win the game. 100 and, 116. 116 to 108, something like that. I think the Wolves win by eight points tonight. Andrew Wiggins is going to get to mid, mid-20s. mid I think I think it's a whole new thing with Andrew Wiggins the last few games here. And again, the departure of Jimmy Butler, he's been kind of, he was kind of stuck still in that skittish role. That that was the problem. He was kind of skittish still for a while there. I think he's going to open up again like he had before. Jimmy Butler was required. Remember when Andrew Wiggins averaged 24 points a game because Zach Levine got injured? Well, here we go. And you know what? <laughs> I'm looking forward to Andrew Wiggins being that potential leading scorer of this team for many years to come. There's nothing wrong with that. If, if it's Carl, if it's Andrew, how about they both average 24-25 a game? Remember that year, Carl actually averaged almost 26 a game. He actually scored more points than anybody in the history of the Timberwolves in a single season, including that 26 points a game season by Kevin Love, because Love always misses the game, and Carl played 82, so there it is. Um, a very, very winnable game for Minnesota over the Dallas Mavericks, and I think Minnesota wins by 8. Carl's going to get... 
I don't know. He's got to stay out of foul trouble and, and try not to let uh, Mr. DeAndre Jordan frustrate him oh so much because he does. He's an annoying player to play against. I don't like the guy. He's kind of an asshole, and I've been uh, I've talked about that in the past. I've never been a huge fan of. Uh, <laughs> I've never been a huge fan of uh, DeAndre Jordan. Uh, I like him as a player. I know, but he's just an asshole to play against. I don't know. He drives me nuts, and I know maybe I'm just being kind of like kid-like with my behavior there. Who cares if you think that? Uh, Back-to-back, Minnesota hosts the New Orleans Pelicans. Back-to-back home games. That's kind of interesting. New Orleans Pelicans, well, get the job done. That's all i got to say. Similar record to Dallas. They're not doing so hot either. Only half game ahead of the Mavs and the Memphis Grizzlies. Anthony Davis, will he be healthy? Will he be ready to roll? I don't know why New Orleans doesn't have a better record. I really don't. They have such a good team. I I don't get it. And Julius Randle is just a killer uh, the hope is that the sugar high continues and the Wolves sweep this group, but I wouldn't be surprised if this is the loss here. This is a loss by Minnesota. Uh, but I think the odds of the Wolves winning in Philly are kind of slim. But wouldn't it be beautiful if they did? Wouldn't it be beautiful if they did? I, I You know, maybe we will. That's going to be a very tough matchup, though. Uh, nope, I'm not picking Minnesota over Philadelphia. And it's not because Jimmy Butler. It's because everybody else on that team has killed us. Uh, let's go for a sweep in this back-to-back. I think Minnesota is the better team right now. Even though the uh, New Orleans Pelicans have a very dangerous group of players, I think the better vibe with Minnesota helps a lot. Obviously, Butler's gone, and now Tom Thibodeau's gone. Andrew Wiggins is maturing. Andrew Wiggins is becoming more assertive. Anthony Davis is ever so dangerous. He's an MVP candidate every single year. I mean, we're talking 29 points, 13 rebounds, 4.5 assists, 2 steals, 3 blocks a game. I mean, that's an MVP candidate. I don't care who, who you are. It is. Um, Drew Holiday is obviously, he has got a really good game as well. I love the guy. You know how I love Kemba Walker very much? I think Drew Holiday is almost around that level. And I, I don't know, I, I hope I hope not too many people are going to disagree and give me a hard time with that one. Field goal percentage is almost 48% for your point guard. That's pretty good. His three-point percentage stinks, but he gets the steals. He plays defense. He averages eight and a half assists. I mean... I love the guy, about 21 points a game. The problem with Drew Holiday in the past, he couldn't stay healthy, and he had some major injuries. Uh, young Alfred, the guy I used to call the banana because of his funny hairdo, very solid backup point guard for the uh, New Orleans Pelicans. Remember, he got injured in the last time the uh, two clubs played. Hopefully, he's healthy and ready to go again. Uh, kind of a scary moment for him there, uh, pushing him the best. Uh, Jalil Okafer has been reduced to nine and a half minutes a game. Wow. And this guy was looked on to be in a Tim Duncan level of player. Very sad story right there. Hopefully he can turn things around. Uh, Nikola Mirotic, Mirotic, Mirotic has been a valuable player for the Chicago Bulls and the New Orleans Pelicans the past few years. Definitely a spark plug type of guy who can really provide instant offense. He makes threes, but I think he attempts a few too many for what he's making. His percentage has not been good. Etwan Moore will take a few and make a few. Same with uh, Mr. Payton. Doesn't take a whole lot of threes. Uh, Julius Randle's been a thorn in the Wolves' side the last few years, and he is, his field goal percentage is outstanding. He makes nice plays, uh, nice smooth moves around the basket. Uh, Vince Germano out there misses the heck out of him, the former Los Angeles Laker, Julius Randle. That's, they're going to have to contain him as best possible. It's going to be a tough game, but I like the Wolves' chances at home with Ryan Saunders, back-to-back games. Nice way to debut uh, your head coaching career in the back-to-back home games. I'm looking forward to that in a big, big, big way. So Minnesota will win the game, believe it or not. Uh, even though it's they've been playing significantly better, have New Orleans Pelicans. They beat the Wolves by 9, 123-114 on New, or- on, uh, New Year's Day. They beat the uh, they lose to Brooklyn on the road 126 121 while very high scoring with Elvin Gentry as coach they crush the Cavaliers 133 to 98 wow 135 point win there at, at Cleveland that's bad um, beat the Grizzlies 114 95 and beat the Cavaliers they score 140 points against the Cavaliers 140 to 124 that's really something. So, I mean, it's going to be a very tough game, no doubt. They've had three days rest. Hopefully that kind of ices them and makes them kind of, like, uh, out of it. But three days rest versus one day's rest, hmm, it's going to be a very tough win for the Wolves. But I've got a good feeling with the old sugar high that things are going to keep going at the end of the day. Uh, I don't ever feel confident going into Philadelphia, at least nowadays. I'm kind of scared of this matchup, without a doubt. It's a dangerous team. This is on Tuesday, the... 15th of January, 
win or lose with New Orleans. I don't think the Wolves beat Philadelphia. They're one of the best rebounding teams. They're a pretty good offensive club. Uh, Joel Embiid is an MVP candidate uh, once again, and as long as he stays healthy, he's really got it down. Uh, he's only missed two games this year. 27 points a game. He even makes a few threes. He's a bit of a stretch five. Dangerous guy. 13 and a half rebounds. Two blocks. And he's owned Carl Anthony Towns. To put it light, he has owned the guy over the years. So that's a frustrating situation. Over the last couple of years, anyway. Jimmy the Butthead, so far, since I'm going to Philadelphia, already 23 games. It's been that long. Uh, averaging the same amount as uh, J.J. Redick. 18.3 a game. Redick has stayed healthy. Good for him. Butler stayed healthy as well for Philadelphia. Uh, ben Simmons, also again, the uh, Australian Magic Johnson. But uh, I would say the overall Magic Johnson is LeBron James these days. <laughs> but uh, Ben Simmons, the Aussie Magic, eight, uh, eight assists a game. He's been great that way. Nine, nine rebounds, 16.5 points. I think he's going to be a triple-double threat every single night. I think he may average a triple-double one year. It's, it's possible as he gets closer to his prime, I think. Um, sad to see Wilson Chandler drop off as much as he has. Uh, he's still averaging a good amount of minutes, but he's not doing much with it. His field goal percentage has dropped off. He doesn't hit the threes he used to, but I suppose he could be a defensive threat as well. Can Wilson Chandler be playing his role? Of course, with all these stars around him, he's not going to get too many attempts, and that's a big problem, obviously, in that case. My Lord, where, where are his field goals? Yeah, yeah, only he only averages... Less, he only averages five and a half shots a game, so that's a big thing, obviously. Butler averages a good amount. The guy's already making an ass of himself, so hopefully that can hurt him. The Philadelphia 76ers have won four of their last five. They had won four in a row until losing in a back-to-back home-and-home game with uh, a couple games with Washington. They actually lost to the Wizards on the road, but that's always a tough place to play for some reason. They beat the Clippers 119-113. They beat the Suns by 5. Very high-scoring game there. Only 5 on the road, though. But they beat them. Beat the Mavericks by 6, 106-100. They crushed Washington 132-115 on the 8th. And then a back-to-back, they lose 123-106 in a home-and-home situation. So interesting for Washington. Nice win there for Scotty Brooks' club. The Sixers will play Atlanta tonight. And they will head to New York two days from then. That would be on Sunday, and then two days later. So perfect little, perfect little cycle there for Philly, playing Minnesota on three days rest rather than two days rest, uh, with the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves coming to town. So I think Philadelphia wins the game. Unfortunately, it's a crappy matchup, regardless of Jimmy's there or not. But I think Jimmy's going to struggle. I think he's going to have a. Uh, he may have some big moments, but I think the Wolves are going to. I think it's going to be a really fun game. I think it's going to be a very high scoring. Very entertaining, back and forth, mono mono type of game. But I think Philly is just a little bit better, unfortunately. They're just a better team right now. Joel Embiid is the difference. Sam Simmons is a, is, is a difference. Embiid is the difference. What do you think of that statement? Jimmy Butler is Jimmy Butler. He's what he is. The difference is Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid is going to be the problem. He's going to be the reason why the Sixers win. Carl Anthony Towns, I hope he has a good game. But I think... This is going to have Jeff Teague. and If Derrick Rose comes back, that would be great. A little offensive boost would be a nice help. Um, I don't want Derrick Rose starting at any shooting guard, though. Would be wonderful as all get out if Robert Covington is able to come back. I almost forgot about the guy. I love him to death. But he's, you know, it's, just, it's a significant injury that's going to take time. Would be awesome if the guy was able to come back and play. That would be unbelievably cool. But I'm not counting on it at the moment. Jeff Teague, you know, maybe Derrick Rose. I think Rose is going to be healthy. I think Rose will be a factor in the game. 20 points or so off the bench. I say continue to start Josh Okogie. Do not start Derrick Rose at shooting guard. But, of course, Ryan Saunders is not going to... Yeah, I don't think Ryan Saunders is going to do that. This isn't Tom Thibodeau anymore. Um, if, if Rose starts, it would be because Jeff Teague is hurt. That's why. Uh, Rose could be that 6th, 7th guy off the bench. He could be with uh, Tyus Jones at times playing together. Who knows what's going to happen, but uh, you're going to see different lineup changes. It's going to be a very interesting combination of things. That's what's really interesting about uh, Ryan Saunders. You're not going to see starters get too many minutes. You're going to see matchups. You're going to see interesting matchups going small, going big. That's what's cool about Ryan Saunders. He's more innovative. You're going to see a lot of threes attempted, I think, too, in this game especially. Uh, I, I expect Andrew Wiggins to have a very big night, though. I think he's going to get in the 30s in this game. I think he's going to reach the 30s. It's going to be a personal thing, I think, between him and uh, Jimmy Butler. Maybe Carl Anthony Towns is a huge game, but this is a couple of bullies, though, when it comes to Carl uh, Anthony Towns, Butler, and Embiid. Towns needs to overcome it, and that's how the Wolves win the game. 
I think Wiggins is going to get hit. He's going to get in the 30s. I think Teague could potentially get in the 20s. I mean, it's going to help. Rose will get something that, upper teens, something like that if he's back. But the reason why the Wolves would win this game is because Carl Anthony Towns overcomes these demons with Joel Embiid. And, of course, Jimmy Butler is the biggest demon of all. Uh, I expect Wiggins to be focused and ready to play in the 30s in this game. But Towns, if Towns can show up and get in the mid to upper 20s, low 30s in this game and have that huge night multiple blocks, uh, a Miami Heat type of game. That would be unbelievable. 18 rebounds, two, three blocks, 28 to 30 points, 28 to 34 points. That's how the Wolves win the game, but I'm not predicting it at this moment. Uh, Very, very fun game, though. I think it's going to be something of the likes of 129-125. The the, uh, Philadelphia 76ers win at the end of the day, and Embiid gets past Carl Anthony Towns, but Carl will make him bleed a little bit. Not, uh, maybe more <laughs> spirit, <laughs> not physically, <clears throat> but uh, in a different way, obviously. Up, up on the scoreboard, he's going to make him beat bleed a little bit. So with that said, we'll take a break. Wolves go 2-1 and one this week, and then we will interact with Marcus, Vince Germano, Wayne Hunt, and others in fan interaction. We are back here on Timberwolves Explosion Fan Interaction. It's a long and This is a long show, but you know, we're coming to the end and I hope you've enjoyed it. I've had a lot of fun talking about this and don't be surprised it is a long show because there's a hell of a lot to say right now. Very fascinating stuff. Fan Interaction at Wolves Explosion is the Twitter account. At Wolves Explosion I want to thank Levi Brown and Vince Germano for retweeting the most recent show. I miss you today out there. I think, yeah, he did talk on the Facebook page. Uh, they retweeted the most, uh, the two most recent shows, the uh, Fire Thibodeau and, of course, this one. Levi Brown was telling me, good job getting an episode up so quick. Of course, being the uh, Timberwolves Fire Thibodeau. I got that up as quick as I could. Lindsey Young was uh, tweeting me. I was uh, trying so hard to get uh, a feed to see the press conference that never existed. It was just a media gathering with uh, all the players and the uh, uh, Ryan Saunders. I thought there was going to be a press conference. That was kind of weird, and I think a lot of people were irritated with that a little bit. What the hell? You know, come on. That, no press conference? So, I don't know. It's the Timberwolves, man. So, she was saying, I can't speak to the live stream, of course, but you'll be able to watch the video on the Timberwolves.com afterward, I'm sure, and several people are live tweeting it, but uh, there wasn't a whole lot out there, which was kind of a bummer. Uh, Courtside Podcast had released a recent show. Very cool. Levi Brown, out of New Zealand, says two things that happen every time the Wolves play OKC. Number one, it's going to be a great game to watch and a close one. I think it's going to be similar with Philly, too, hopefully. Number two, Wiggins goes off. Seems like the Wolves often come out on the right side, too. Hope Noel is okay. And yeah, I didn't even mention. God, I was going to talk about it, and I kept seeing it, and I kept just there's just so many other things to say regarding the team. Scary moment, of course. Andrew Wiggins, Andrew Wiggins' elbow went into Noel's face as they were both up in the air. Noel's head jerked back very quickly. Supposedly, I guess he was motionless. Supposedly, he was already knocked out, so to speak, as he went down to the ground, and his head herky-jerking hit the floor like that. And he was taken off on a stretcher. A terrifying moment. I love Nerlens Noel. I thought he's long been underrated, and I'd like to see him... I would have loved to see him on the Timberwolves one day, and maybe it'll happen still. It's possible, but uh, at this moment, though, <laughs> I'm... Really praying for the best for him as well. Very, very scary moment there for Nerlens Noel. Uh, God bless him in a big way. And right now, according to uh, SB Nation, the situation right now is that uh, it could have been a lot worse. It was a concussion, but could have been a lot worse. He's been released by the... He's been he's been released from the hospital on Wednesday. Was on Nerlens Noel. The Nerlens Noel medical update from Oklahoma City was that Oklahoma City Thunder announced today that center Nerlens Noel sustained a concussion after suffering a blow to the head from Andrew Wiggins' elbow that resulted in him losing consciousness while being knocked to the floor at the 5:16 mark of the third quarter during the, during last night's game at the time last night at the time versus the Minnesota Timberwolves. He has been placed on the NBA's concussion protocol. Noel was held overnight at OU Hospital for tests and observations. <laughs> 
and has been released today. Per the NBA's concussion policy, Noel will now begin the NBA-mandated return to participation protocol. This process includes a series of steps designed to ensure an athlete exhibits symptom-free situation there. So definitely, uh, yeah, that's scary, man. Very, very scary for uh, Nerlens Noel. God bless him in a big way. We're going to get to forecasters' thoughts on the whole Thibodeau situation. Thibodeau and, of course, Ryan Saunders. I was at, uh, at first he was saying, finally, I'm glad that Thibodeau's gone. But now about uh, Ryan Saunders, Marcus the Forecaster says, yeah, it's great. Finally a coach who's in touch with the reality of today's basketball. In his interviews, I took some great shot. Uh, in his interviews, he took some great shot at Thibs by stating just by just stating facts. He was asked about his playing style, and he said something like, well, it depends on the game. You have to make adjustments depending on the situation. Thibs never did that. Yeah, and now, now that was Marcus saying that after that. Thibs never did that. He's just a better coach and human for the organization all around. And he said that communication is key too. Yes, it is. I'm pretty sure he already knows what the players like and don't like. And the whole point is, again, you know, He's including everybody in conversation. He's not just pushing people away like Thibodeau basically did. Um, the forecaster continues saying Wiggins has already talked to him about just standing in the corner doing nothing, and Towns probably mentioned the same some things too. Yes, that's what it was with Thibodeau and, of course, in the Jimmy Butler era where uh, Wiggins was just standing in the corner like I was talking about earlier. Uh, he's a player's coach, and he's going to do what needs to be done to use their full potential. And yes, the forecaster was also passing on what Jim Peterson had to say, again, from that, uh, at the end of the day, the Raised by Wolves podcast. Fascinating stuff, without a doubt. Oh my, that really was something else. We'll get to what Wayne Hunt has to say in a moment. I believe that's it for Twitter. Again, thank you, Tanae and Mr. Uh, Vince Germano for retweeting it. I was using a different uh, Twitter account to pass on information here from something. It was in a feed from my other account, so I had to mention Wolves' explosion. Uh, Matt Trapp, Timberwolves' new coach, is younger than 42 active NBA players, SB Nation. So very interesting stuff there. He's younger than 42 active NBA players. Fascinating stuff there. That's the end of the Twitter account. Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves' explosion. Going to give a quick shout-out to Flip's Army out there. Flip's Army, in-game threads, other conversation, highly recommended. Thank you, Trevor Wickerin, for allowing me to post links to Tim Rose Explosion on that Facebook page. Thanks again very much. Uh, a post from Wayne Hunt on the Facebook page. Again, facebook.com forward slash Tim Rose Explosion. Wayne Hunt out of Sydney, Australia says, and of course the Alpha Dog of the Courtside Podcast, says, everyone knows I'm a big fan and defender of Coach Thibbs, but I wanted to say I wish nothing but the best for Ryan Saunders. For those who don't know, he's actually been on the coaching sidelines for some time now. Yep. This is his first time around calling the shots, however, and I hope Minnesota fans are patient with him. I hope so, too, and I think we will be. Oh, and I think a lot of us are very excited because, well, this could very well be Flip's vision realized after all. So, yep, and then he also posted uh, Wayne Hunt, the video, when they were celebrating with him. They started dumping water all over him, and that was very exciting and an emotional moment for uh, Mr. Ryan Saunders, his first game, and remembering his father and all that. He got kind of teary-eyed, so can imagine can't imagine why that would be, right? <laughs> Let's talk about uh, Jimmy Butler already challenging the 76ers coach about his offensive role and all that. He's just, he's already unhappy that uh, Embiid's probably getting too much of a role and he's just kind of like a second, third guy there with Simmons. Vince Germano out of Melbourne, Australia says, I'm so pissed at this peanut. I don't really know what to say, but Brett Brown is a very good coach and he coached here for many years in Australia even winning a title. He's a player's coach, and I'm just glad he's got guys like Simmons and Embiid who would who, who would go into bat for him. F. Butler. He's never won anything, but acts like he's a multiple MVP and championship winner. And I couldn't agree more, Vince. I couldn't agree more. Uh, F. Butler, indeed. And he's too much. And, yeah, totally agree there. Uh, I wonder if there's any extra comments after the uh, firing. Nope. That was back at the time. Pretty cool, though. Thanks to the, those of you that did. Sh- thanks to the person that shared. I don't see who it was, but I appreciate it very much. Uh, I don't see. But thank you to the, the, that uh, person that did. Strange. So, that was the most recent Fire Thibodeau episode. 
and the Timberwolves fire coach Thibodeau. I was saying in reading between the lines, it's clear that Taylor wanted a separation from coach and president of basketball operations. That's why this firing happened, along with all the other chaos, of course. Comments added here. Ten A Brown, there he is, out of New Zealand. How about we get rid of Taylor? We are gonna we are we aren't gonna win Jack Bleep with him in charge of this team. This should have been done at the start or at the end of the season, not in the middle. How incompetent can someone be? And yeah, it's really weird. It is really weird that uh, it happened in the middle like that, but at least it's over. At least it's over, bottom line, and I'm very, very grateful. Unfortunately, this show is ending too, but uh, it's been a lot of fun. Of course, uh, I'm running out of time to do other things (laughs) before I have to go to work anyway, but it is what it is. I really enjoyed doing this show very much, and thank you those of you that commented and uh, made make this show so fun and so interesting to do. Uh, I have so much joy doing the show, and now the vibe is going to get better and better and better. I'm really happy to see that the possibility of Flip Saunders' vision being realized after all. Very beautiful. Could be a very, very happy ending to this story one day. And I truly, truly, from the bottom of my heart, hope that is the case. So let's give out the contact details. I already mentioned the Facebook, the Twitter. Now we're going to talk about the phone lines. 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for Timberwolves Explosion. Enter your statement. Shout out, comment, question, and opine. Again, the voicemail is a three-minute limit, so that's kind of how you have to think about that when you call that number. There's the Call Now button on the Facebook page. Simply click on that. It'll go right through via Facebook Messenger to the same line, the same situation, same everything, as long as you have any type of internet or cellular connection uh, with your 3G, 4G, 5G, 17G, whatever it is, KG, no, I'm kidding. (laughs) Whatever it is, there it is. Uh, That's how you get online to that phone line via Facebook Messenger, which is, again, free. Uh, The best route, I think, was uh, today's takes Today's Timberwolves takes, as I like to call it, from New Zealand and anybody else. Vince Germano can do it. Hey, uh, Marcus the Forecaster is obviously very welcome to do it. Wayne Hunt, Stu Benson, anybody out there. Scott Doherty. Scott, yep, Scott Doherty, Lucas Quayle. Come on, guys, hop on board. Jamie Tintor around here late, uh, locally. Tintor would be great to hear from here. I'm sorry about that deeply. Uh, Jules Post to Reno would be wonderful to hear from you. Uh, would be absolutely wonderful to hear from you if you could do that. Call into the phone lines via the uh, audio submission route. There are free voice recording applications on your on on any smart device on the planet. Simply use that, record it, treat it like a phone call, save it, and then send it to Paladino Live at Yahoo.com. Paladino Live at Yahoo.com. I will then convert it over to an MP3 file. And thanks to Zamzar.com or Converto.com. Got to mention Converto too because they've helped before as well. Free service as long as the file's not too big, which it wouldn't be in a phone call. It's not that big. So thanks again in advance. Thank you for those uh, websites for providing that service. I'm more than happy to give them a free plug because of that. Uh, that service is great. So with that said, I want to thank all of you again. Please, somebody out there, write a positive rating for Timberwolves Explosion, if humanly possible, would be great. Obviously, there have been some great people out there that have written uh, positive ratings on there. I haven't checked the international settings yet. I'll check again, maybe if some of you from Australia or New Zealand have done it, whoever it is. But uh, thanks again so much for those of you that have helped out this show in the past. Uh, And I want to encourage anybody locally, Australia, wherever it is, Canada, France, whoever... Please do write a positive rating for Terminal's Explosion if you could. If you like the show and you want to help out, five-star rating, four-star rating, whatever it is, write what you like about it. Maybe write what you like to see improved. Also, is very, very welcome on iTunes or Stitcher. Thanks again in advance for those of you that have done that and for those of you that may do it in the future. With that said, I can't wait to continue to watch this team. I'm really looking forward now as the future is a lot brighter than it was just a week ago. Oh, my. So, hopefully you sit back and enjoy and Go Ryan Saunders and go Timberwolves. 